Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize Ross. Introduce the guest, Matt. We have the mo- most notorious UFC fan there ever was. It is Marcus Egan. Marcus, how are you getting on? I've been called a lot worse than that, so I appreciate the I appreciate the intro. I'm doing good, man. I'm 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 here in uh, sunny Las Vegas um, in, in the beginning of January, and I'm just I'm I'm very thankful and happy to be able to come on the show and have a chat with you guys. So thank you very much for having me on the show. No, no, no worries. And um, no I'd just like to say to everyone who is watching at home or listening on Spotify or whatever app you do use, Happy New Year to you guys, and um, thanks a million for supporting us throughout 2020. And let's have a great, fantastic 2021. Uh, Marcus, thanks a million for coming on. Uh, I actually just want to give you the opportunity to give your podcast a quick plug straight from the off. Ah, well, there you go. Las Vegas' newest sports and entertainment program, What Happens Here podcast, as we're interviewing some of the biggest names in entertainment, mixed martial arts, boxing, and just a great round conversation with some really, really interesting people. You can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, on all social media platforms. All you got to do is just look up what happens here, podcast with Marcus Deegan. That's me, the crazy Australian guy that you've seen around the internet for the last few years. Thanks for the opportunity to give the podcast a plug. I appreciate it. No worries. Well, I'll tag you in down in the comment section, I'll, I'll pin you as top comments, so make sure to check it out and leave a comment and subscribe if you're new to the show. Marcus, where does this all go? go like, how do we become friends? We've been friends a couple of years now online and like through the power of Zoom, things like this are now possible. It's half seven here in Dublin. It's half 11 in Vegas. Like, we're, we're, Ross, do you even remember how this all started, this beautiful friendship between the three of us? Well, I would tell you, we, we definitely noticed Marcus uh, yeah. breaking break the internet and in, uh, in the face of every newspaper, he, he was the most infamous Conor McGregor lookalike of all time. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. You know, you've been to all all McGregor's fights in the US, as far as I, I can see. And yeah. Did someone just tell you you look like Conor McGregor and then you were like, oh, I'm going to run with this? Or what way did it go down, Marcus? So it's so funny how, how, how it kind of went down is that I used to dye my beard dark, a lot darker than my natural hair color, which is light. Been there, and done that. Gra- <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And you kind of look like Action Man after you fucking dye your beard black. You look like Action Man. It just looked completely unnatural. And my lovely fiance said, why don't you dye it your natural hair color, like light brown blonde? And I was like, all right, well, I'll give it a go. So we dyed it that color. And literally from that day, when I dyed that beard from black to ready blonde, that was it. It, it, was, as, it was as simple as that. I never planned on trying to imitate or look alike or any kind of impersonation it, it completely was not even in the in, in the in my concept it literally happened naturally and then of course i did run with it i'm wrong with it you did you ran with yeah. it you know you did a marathon <laughs> with it it's it's one of the greatest uh mark employees i've ever seen you know what i mean take the hottest person uh in sports entertainment and you know I suppose that what they say is imitations is the most sincere form of flattery. You know what I mean? And, you know, well, you ran with that shtick. Yeah. So the thing is, is that what a lot of people don't understand, which is what, which is why I like to come on these platforms and have a chat just to kind of explain myself and who I am as a man and as mm. a person. A lot of people, uh, you know, when you, when you do this kind of thing, you get a lot of hate and you get a lot of bullying and you get a lot of shaming and you get a lot of threats, uh, 
a lot of people think that you're mentally unstable and that you're trying to be someone that you're not. You're trying to make money or run off someone else's success. Um, what they don't understand is, is that um, I'm a performer. Um, yeah, I'm an actor. Um, and, and, and it's like, Michael Keaton doesn't walk around thinking that he's Batman all the time. He just played the part. And the reason for me playing the part was obviously to get the attention from Connor, but also to enhance my experience at every McGregor event that I went to. I mean, just think about it. I walked into a McGregor event and I was immediately surrounded by hundreds of fans wanting to take a photo with me for nothing more the fact that I looked like this guy. Now, it didn't matter who I am or what I do. Just think about, it shows you the, the power of Connor's celebrity. When a lookalike, right? When a 50-year-old lookalike. <laughs> right? Broadway, incredible right. shape for a 50-year-old man. Yeah, you're, looking, they, you're looking great. It's the Aussie they, jeans and the Irish jeans. The, <laughs> the Irish and the Australian jeans, absolutely. But just to show you that, um, and then all of a sudden, the UFC is using me in promos. Then all of a sudden I'm getting phone calls from Ireland saying, you realize you're in Conor McGregor's documentary. And then I'm getting the Irish Sun and they're calling me and people are wanting to do all this. And to me, honestly, guys, and everyone that's listening, it was just a crack. It was just for a crack and for a bit of fun. However, it exploded into this entity that I couldn't go to any events anymore without security because it was just too dangerous for me and my girl. Not only when there's the fans that didn't like me, but the fans that did like me were the, you know what I mean? When you're getting surrounded by that many people, it became a little bit unsafe. It served its purpose. Um, you know, it got me rec- the recognition that I wanted to be able to reach out to fighters, managers, um, people in the industry to come on my podcast. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of, I, I look, I knew it was going to go somewhere. I wasn't entirely sure where that whole pers- uh, impersonated thing was going to go, but I knew it was going to go somewhere and it's, it's worked out perfectly. I think you did such a good job of building your own brand and then building the business off the back of your own brand. It's a bit like, uh, I don't know if you're going to get this uh, reference, but Baz, do you remember we had the lads from California on and then yeah. they, they, went, they were on this um, reality TV show. It was a bit like Jersey Shore, except the Irish version of it. It's the easiest way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They knew they were going on, I think it was their second or third season, and they all bought, they got these t-shirts made and it said, go gym on it, right? Because they knew that that it was going to air in about four or five months' time. And go gym was not a thing. But then by the time that aired, go gym was a thing. And like people started going to their gym and now they have two gyms. So they actually have a franchise. Yeah, they have a few. few And like, that's what your story reminds me of. It's like, you went with, you went with the stick, you know, you marked yourself to the helm. And then you built your own brand and your own business off the back, yeah. which is an incredible thing and, to do. And it's, and, it's, and it's moved on to other things to me, like now being affiliated with Proper 12 Whiskey, the only podcast in the world to have any affiliation with the world's number one selling whiskey. That all came part and parcel from, you know, what I did with the whole impersonator thing, mm. that, which led into the podcast, which led to the affiliation with these guys which therefore gives me the credibility of, you know, being someone that has verification in this, in this industry, in this media industry that so many of us are trying to break into, you know what I mean? And I don't claim to be any expert on any subject. I mean, I, I've interviewed um, Bigfoot researchers, porn stars, um, you know, ghost hunters, 
as well as fighters and mixed martial artists, which is obviously my passion, but yeah. I'm no expert on any subject. I'm just a good conversationalist that likes to have a chat and likes to talk to interesting people about really cool things. And the good thing that I've been able to do with my experience working in Las Vegas for the last 21 years, working in a show here in Las Vegas, it's given me the opportunity to be able to um, feel comfortably talking to people about things and being able to bring things out of people that maybe that no one has ever been able to bring out of them in an, inter in an interview before, which is what I'm really, really blessed to be able to do is to be able to talk to people in a way where they are just spilling things to me that they've never told to people before. Yeah, I, li I like the way you've progressed doing your show as well. From your, You had like a small studio, now you've incorporated with more people coming in. And having like some of the most well-known MMA, like MMA fighters in the world on the show as well. It's actually, it's brilliant to see because like we've been, we've been, following each other for so long it's great to see your journey it's i can't wait till like myself and ross can like once we get out of covid we can start having people actually physically in the studio as well it's something to look forward to but but I, I think what you guys have been doing it was definitely um a, a platform that i looked up to and looked at before i was doing this at all and thought uh, you know actually you know got inspiration and and uh and momentum from what you guys do seeing you know the, the great job that you guys do i know that's a lie but i appreciate it <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not anyone that i've been speaking to in this industry for the last few years which is you know you guys um and a few other little podcasts here and there but primarily you know energized um are definitely inspirational for me and and the fact that you're irish so we're home countrymen as well um it, i just think you guys are doing a, a, a great great job especially during this fucking era of covid keeping everyone informed and talking to all these great guests. I loved your interview with Owen Roddy. Um, you know, I loved your interview with Artem. I've, I've loved all of you. I think you guys do a great, great, great job. We didn't, we, we haven't had Artem on the show. <laughs> we will after this. We will after this. <laughs> we had Owen Roddy on. We do yeah, we'll, we get get his number off. we'll get his number off you. We love your interview okay, with Artem. Absolutely. Oh, there you go. Artem, can you hook up these boys now? Because I fucked up there and made a mistake. I knew it was one of you. I knew it was one of you crazy Irish bastards. But yeah, no, we can work that out for you guys. I, I knew the compliments were, were too much. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 but Marcus, like, obviously when you, you first got into, uh, like, uh, Look like Connor around what sort of stage where people really, really honing in on you? About 2015. About 2015. No, because I came across this headline in an Irish newspaper from November 2016 when you turned down 25,000 euro to prank Jose Aldo in South America. Uh, we may as well talk about that for a sec. What, yeah. a, what a journey it's been since that knockout of Jose Aldo. And then uh, that 25,000, is that a true story? Yeah, that's an absolutely true story. The thing is, it's what's strange is the more popular that Connor got, the more popular that I got. Yeah. It's 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 so it's 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 that's exactly how it went. And then I would start getting offers here and there. I would get fifteen hundred bucks for a personal appearance where I would just have to stand there and take photos. Fifteen hundred bucks here in Vegas for an hour and a half personal appearance. Um, You're in the greatest uh, the whole world though for impersonating people, aren't you? Where you'd walk um, out and be I, I like think, Jacksons or other people like that, you know? Um, I think that uh, I'm probably most well-known for Connor because, you know, but I also work for a charity over here where I do Spider-Man as well. So it's not just Connor McGregor. I do Spider-Man <laughs> for a children. <laughs> Imagine you took oh. the mask off and they're like, oh my God, it's actually Connor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I do that for a children's cancer charity over here, over here in Vegas. So I, 
I do Spider-Man as well as uh, as Conor McGregor. So, but, I've, actually, um, I've actually seen that. Uh, do you have to do a few backflips and stuff for them? Fuck, man. I'm just recovering from spine surgery in the last couple of years. So the backflips so are kind the of on flips. the... Just the front flips. Yeah, that's it. Um, but to be, on, be, be, be quite honest with you, I did say in the article that I turned it down because I didn't think it was a, in good taste. However, the only reason that I did not do that Jose Aldo gig is because my visa was out of and I, I couldn't leave the country. So that's the only reason why I, I didn't do it. Otherwise, I would have done it. They were going to take me to his hamburger restaurant. He has a hamburger restaurant in Brazil. They were going to rock up with like full camera crew, limousine, security. And yeah, but yeah, I wish it had to happen. The, the 25 euro would have come in handy. <laughs> yeah, euros, yeah. But like, what, 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 how's it been to, how's it felt to be, to have been part of that rise? Like, like no one could believe the Jose Aldo thing, but then to go on and on and on and then the Mayweather stuff and then to go on and on the proper 12 whiskey. Like it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, um, and 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 once again, as as I say, you know, I really, <clears throat> I really owe a lot to Connor and his team because it's pretty much because of them that I've been able to, you know, feed myself for the last few years and to be able to get the recognition that has given me once again the opportunity to do this podcast, which is what I'm doing, which I'm very proud of at the moment, and 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 looking forward to to bouncing back into this year with some real real big interviews. And um, Marcus, tell us this: When was the first time you actually saw Conor McGregor, and which was the actual first fight you went to? The first time I saw Conor McGregor was when he won his second title in Cage Warriors. Ivan Bourne. And then, the, yeah, uh, and I was actually I was actually just looking at that fight again the other day, which was just a masterclass from back then. Um, and then the first Conor fight that I went to was. I believe it was Dustin Poirier, the first fight. Yeah, UFC 178. And it's almost come full uh, circle now. What the hell's that? How good's that? I, don't know, it, I, think, I, I think like like we had Dylan Moran on last week uh, who's sparring Conor McGregor ahead of UC 257 and he was saying he believes stuff like this is meant to happen. So mate, like, it gets you thinking really like stuff, things are meant to happen, you know? No, absolutely. And it's also what you put out there as well. What goes around comes around. You know, you always hear that story. Things go full circle in the end. The full circle, you know, it's funny now that I'm the unofficial part of Team McGregor, I can't ever see myself doing the McGregor impersonation again. It's not something that I believe that I would do again. Um, I think it's something that that, that that page has been closed and I have to evolve. Um so just, just to clarify, I'm not nuts. I'm not crazy. I don't believe I'm someone else. As you fucking heard in this podcast, it was literally a business uh, strategy, what I was doing. It was an opportunity. Yeah, it was an opportunity. Yeah. To However, it. I know it looks crazy as hell. It looks like I am absolutely nuts. When you see me standing in front of Habib Nurmagomedov yelling, fuck Habib, fuck Habib. You know what I mean? You're looking at me thinking, this guy, what is wrong with this guy? And I understand that and I appreciate that. But just so everyone knows, I, I, I do have my shit together. <laughs> the, the, way, the way I look at it, it's the same as Robbie Fox uh, for Barstool Sports or it's the same as the Schmo. Like, that's like a persona. And that's a persona that you have embodied to, you know, create your own brand, like we said earlier. Yeah. And like, I think it's an absolute genius idea. Uh, I think a lot of people will probably hate on what you're doing because they didn't think of it first or they couldn't actually pull off what you pulled off. And a lot of haters are just, actual jealous people mm, yeah uh, and you know what and i'm used to it by now i welcome it now it used to affect me back in the day 
But, um, you know, it's, it's look, whatever you're hating on is just a reflection of how you're feeling. I don't hate because I don't have hate in me. I don't want to have hate in me. I don't want to feel hate. I'll never leave a nasty comment on someone. I will never hate on what someone does ever. I would never do that because it's just a reflection of who you are. If you're a fucking hateful person, you leave hateful messages and that's not who I am. Yeah. I think, I think like a lot of that would probably be people who don't like Connor and they're just projecting on you. You know I mean? That's but like, I mean, Connor has fed a lot of people, not only ourselves from getting views for the shows, but going to events like Bellator coming to Dublin so many times. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys get your credentials for that and you get to go down there and yeah. see everyone and talk to everyone. And, um, I look forward to the day that you guys are here in Las Vegas and, and maybe we can do a triple podcast together. You can come into the studio. I would love that for you guys. I mean, I hope that, I hope that's this year for you guys. Yeah. Um, I really do. Yeah. I've been once Ross hasn't been, but like, but once I, th- I think like later on the year, like hopefully people get vaccinated where we'd be vaccinated about August. Like who knows there could be end of the year show in Vegas. That'd be something that'd be a great way to end off the year. Well, I mean, it's a great way to start off the year as well, because if you just saw the latest uh, news article of that very large blue UFO that was spotted over the waters in Hawaii, Oahu, it was, it was filmed by a lot of people. Um, they filmed it in the, in the sky for about 11 minutes and then it shot directly into the water and disappeared. So I think it's going to be a very interesting year for a lot of us. Yeah, wasn't was there some from Harvard or something like that that said they spotted UFOs, UFOs in 2017? Am I making that up? No, nope, they weren't making that up at all, man. Those, 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 no, those I, I, guys was around. I making it up? No, no, were they making it up? No, I saw no. that this week. That's true, wasn't yeah. it? Yep, yep, unbelievable. So, uh, strange and exciting times that we're living in, not only in the mixed martial arts era, but also mm-hmm. just in the world. You know what I mean? It's just like what's going on in the world. Marcus, t- tell us this what do you prefer? Because me and Barry actually prefer when UFC goes to Foy Island as opposed to when UFC is in Vegas, you might have a different opinion because you actually get a bit of access to the guys when they're in Vegas. But I think I prefer, it's more the production when you're watching the fights. I think they look better in Foy Island. But what's your part? Uh, I think they look better in Foy Island because I agree with you right there, the production. Although the Apex facility here in Las Vegas is prime. Um, I I think just the feel is different than watching it in Foy Island. Uh, To be honest with you, uh, look, I'll watch it whether it's on Fight Island, in the Apex, or in the backyard. But preferably, I prefer it with the fans and how it used to be. However, I'll watch it wherever it comes. Where Where else have you been around the world watching UFC as well? Just out of curiosity. Whew. Germany. Uh, which Germany fights did you go to? Uh, no, when I say I've what are you saying? Which fights have I actually been yeah. to in other countries? Which, yeah, oh, which events? No, just, just strictly here in the United States. Uh, I've watched UFC events in other countries, um, but as far as attending, just here in the United States. However, Dublin would definitely be a dream. Oh, we that, Dublin was meant to have Darren Till and Robert, Robert Whitaker, and that fight. I know, was, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually um, my birthday weekend as well. That we, were, we were ready oh, to go. Like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know what, brother? I know what I mean. It was my 50th birthday this year, and we had to cancel that as yeah, well. Yeah. So, yeah. But, hey, it is what it is, brother. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's a bit devastating. We've been to, we were at UFC 217, uh, Bisping versus George St. Pierre. Uh, yeah. From watching fights, like George St. Pierre was always my favorite fighter. And like to get to go see him was like, incredible because I'd seen Connor in Dublin, if you know what I mean. So I was like, yeah, seeing him. So like you're, you're sort of like checking off people you need to see before you do so, it. So I suppose <laughs> you'd, be pretty, you'd be pretty excited at the fact that George St. Pierre is being brought up in the media a little bit lately and that uh, Habib has said that he would maybe possibly come out of retirement for um, George St. Pierre. 
do you think that uh, do you think that that's a fight that you would prefer to see over Khabib and Connor, or do you think that that would just be something um, you know just that for the fans? What, what would you guys prefer? Jeez, that's like asking you: Do you want a million dollars in a yacht, or do you want two million dollars in a Ferrari? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I'll take I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take either or. You know, you um, Personally, I feel like Connor didn't give the best himself in the first Khabib fight at UFC 229. And I'd love to see them rematch. Also, by far, he's given Khabib the best fight of his career. Uh, mm. On the other side, you know, when you, I suppose you look at people who are considered for the GOAT status, you know what I mean? Khabib and um, GSP both are sort of unblemished on the drug use side of things. So uh, I, I'd also yeah. love to see that as well. So, like, can we just get Khabib back for two, no? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's get let's get him back for two, all right? Let Connor yeah. smack the head off him and then just throw him in there and let George St. Pierre have a go. But you know, I was a little bit disappointed that Kamzat's out. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. I was really, really looking I was really looking forward to that yeah. fight. Um and I believe that uh, Kevin Holland has agreed to step step in, right? Uh, he offered to step in to fight Leon Edwards, but I don't think I think they're that's the new Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. I think they're moving that one to February. And then I think Kevin Holland's going to fight in March against Derek Brunson. So uh, um, but who knows? Who knows? If someone pulls out from between now and March, Kevin Holland might step in. He's the new cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anything can happen. And then, and then of course, January sixteenth, um, uh, Holloway versus Qatar. That's another one that I'm really, really excited about. And then followed up by the next weekend will be the Connor fight. So January is going to be a, a really, really good mm. month for fights. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's happening. I, I really, really enjoyed Ryan Garcia's performance last Saturday. I think that he has uh, now solidified himself as one of the, the top contenders in the game. Obviously, the kid is 17 or 19, uh, 19 and 0 with uh, 17 knockouts. Um, he'd never been clipped. He'd never been dropped. He'd never been rocked. He got dropped with an absolute cracker of a shot mm, and yeah. put him down. And I was actually just which was the, that was the pinnacle part where every fan, boxing fan, uh, combat sports fan around the world was looking at, does this kid actually have it? Can he cop a chin check and get up from it? He did, he prevailed, and then he ended up taking the fight with the, uh, with, with the knockout with, the, uh, with that beautiful, beautiful, devastating body shot. With the guy still pissing blood today, I'm telling you now. Mark, so I'm not going to lie to you. Going into that fight, I was like, this is either make or break for Ryan Garcia. Like, is he a YouTuber? Or is he a world class boxer? Yeah, yeah. And now he's after putting himself in what I call a semi final bracket. There's uh, Gervonta Davis, uh, Ryan Garcia, and, ta- and, ta- uh, and Lo- Tank. Yeah, Lopez and uh, Devin Haney. They're all yeah. they're the top four boxers in that weight class now. Yeah, and yeah. like it's funny to think that uh, Lomachenko is also in the same weight class those guys, and he's now like pushed out, out of the top five. These four guys are undefeated. I want to see two of them face each other and then the winners yep. fight each other there as well. Yeah, yeah. I would absolutely love to see that fight happen. Um, and, and isn't it just crazy how someone with a 19-0 and 0 winning streak, 17 knockouts, can be judged on that last fight that they just had? It kind of pushes all that achievement out of the way. And let's just bring it down to this one. Is he going to get up from that punch? Is he going to get – and I'll tell you what, man. He did, and, 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 and he proved his warrior spirit right then and right there. Right there and right there. I, I must say, I watched him do uh, what's called. I, th- I think one thing that made me unsure was, he, he, I don't know if you've seen um, 
Francis Ngannou put on the gym shark body bag. I saw that. And yeah. then Ryan Garcia was punched him. And Ngannou was laughing at him as he punched him. Now, yeah. obviously, yeah. Ngannou yeah. is an absolute freak. But uh, mm. I, I was like, I was like, hmm, I wonder how hard he does hit. But uh, yeah. obviously, yeah. those body shots are nothing to mess with. Obviously, Francis No, Ngannou they're not. Well, has a granite, um, granite body, yeah. granite chin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Granite body, granite chin. Absolutely. Anyway, fair play to Ryan Garcia. I'm very, very happy about his win. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, you know, hit the next tests that are going to be put for him. Um, obviously, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier is coming up on January 23rd, the, the well-awaited rematch. Um, both of these guys obviously have, have, have stood in front of each other before. They were a lot younger back then. Conor had the ability to get into Dustin's head. I don't think that's possible right now. However, after the last fight that they had, that doesn't leave your mind. Uh, Dustin knows that Conor can put him away with one shot easily. Um they have both progressed as fighters. Um, however, in my opinion, I believe that Connor is still the superior athlete and it will be a result. Uh, I think it will be quicker than, than the Cowboy fight. I think that people are going to get shocked and realize that it's going to be done even quicker than, than Cowboy was done. Well, let's look at it here, lads, right? Uh, Connor McGregor faced Dustin Poirier back on September 27, 2014 at UFC 178. This fight's obviously going down on the 23rd of January. Yeah. Um, I think I think the best part the best way to go with the rest of this show now is like let's sort of give exactly what we think will happen and then what we think where we think both fighters will end up uh, around the summertime. Because like a whole year is probably too much to guess. So like obviously both lads facing each other again. Obviously Connor won by TKO in the first fight. Um Marcus, we'll let we'll let I know you sort of gave your two cents in this but uh what do you, do you think it's even possible for Poirier to look in the mirror and actually believe he can win this um I believe that he can uh, look at himself in the mirror and believe that he can win that whether that's going to happen or not is is a completely different story um I, I just think that psychologically once you've been cracked and, and dropped so easily yeah that 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 is a disadvantage that you have. That's Gosh. a disadvantage, a psychological disadvantage that you have because that doesn't leave you. It doesn't matter how much you've advanced. I think that doesn't leave you. Fair play to Dustin. He's an incredible fighter. I love watching Dustin Poirier. I love what he's about. I love his his family side. I love yeah. his charity work, and I just think that he's a real class act. But unfortunately, I think he's going to be outclassed. Ross, what about you, man? Do you think that Dustin can look in the mirror and actually believe he can win this? And actually be believe himself, believing in himself? Well, look, Dustin Poirier, I feel like a lot of people really mail this fight. And I've been one of them as well. And You have to look at like the people Dustin Poirier has beat. He's beaten Eddie Alvarez. He's beaten Justin Gaethje. He's beaten Max Holloway. He's beaten Dan Hooker. He's beaten Anthony Pettis. He's beaten some of the elite of the elite guys. Yeah. Sometimes... As you say, styles make fights. And if you think of all Dustin Poirier's fights, you think of the Pettis fight, you think of the Hooker fight, the Alvarez fight, yeah. the Gagey fight. That's, They're all yep. wars. And you can't mm. go to war with Conor McGregor unless you're some sort of zombie-esque character like Nate Diaz. Otherwise, he's putting your lights out. I think this is going to be very similar to the Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez fight. I think Conor is going to absolutely be able to outbox him. He's, Poirier's going to throw. Conor's not going to be there. And he's going to make him pay every time he misses. Um, like Marcus said, Connor came out 
and try and steamroll him. I've never seen a faster starter in MMA than Conor McGregor. Every single time. Last time he came out and he threw a tr- uh, check hook kick at Poirier's head straight away. And he nearly yep. caught him with it and all. Yep. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do the same thing, what is it, six or seven years later down the line. Yep. The, the yep. guy's an incredible athlete. And like we were saying with Dylan Moore, on his this fast program, he seems to it looks like he's doing something that no one else is doing. Like yeah. he literally looks like a caged animal ready to rock. Uh, like his physique is so much different to his opponents that is frightening. Did you did you see that comparison shot that they had of um Connor? I, I think it was like Connor before the Khabib fight and then Connor before the Dustin Poirier fight, and they showed the two mm. comparisons of his physique, and he just looks like a completely different human being. He looks yeah. like a like a like a, uh, a like a super like a, like an Irish gorilla, like some yeah. kind of like his physique is definitely and and that's what happens with guys when they hit about 32, 33, That's when their physique really starts to kick in as a man and really starts to. I'm two years ago, Marcus. Mate, you're looking, you're looking so look. You, I, I hope you got permits for those guns. Let me tell you. But um, do you think Conor McGregor like did what? Mike Tyson was basically recommended to everyone. He licked the toad, got recentered, and then like went on yeah. his jersey again. Like you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I think it takes a little bit of uh, uh, maybe uh, a little bit of a downfall for you to realize that. Fuck! Hang on a minute. I've got to pick this shit back up again and become. You know what I mean? Everyone has their ups and downs, and I think after Connor had that little bit of a down, he's just proved who he is because it's been nothing but up since. All that bullshit yeah. that went down a couple of years back. Yeah, that's that's. I'm gonna call it now, and it's not because we're Irish, right? But I actually, I can't actually see Poirier getting the win unless he goes to decision or something like that, and I can't see that happening either. So I'm gonna go out in a limb, Ross, and put energized. I'm Marcus. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put you in this as well. Guilty by association. I think Conor McGregor is gonna win this 100, and like I'm willing to put whatever I have really on it. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I think Conor beats. Poirier Hanley, I think he beats Gagey Hanley, I think he beats uh, Hooker Hanley, I think he beats Chandler Hanley, I think he beats Ferguson Hanley and I think Charles Oliveira is probably the hardest stylistic matchup on him yeah, that, that's, the, that's the only one that would give me a little bit of fucking cause would be um, Oliveira yeah, he's, so yep. he's so good on the ground he's so good on the ground, but like he's the only one who I'm like, if he can manage to get the cup, but like I was saying to Dylan and uh, we said a few times every time an MMA fight starts, it starts on the feet and Conor McGregor has the advantage. And yep. once it's on the feet, Conor McGregor has the advantage and got to back him to win. So, you know what I mean? He starts off at an advantage every single time. And I just don't believe they have the boxing and like his ability to keep that range and like his ability to know the perfect distance stay away from his opponent all times is actually frightening. And I'm like, that's what sets him apart. His distance control sets him so far apart from the rest. And I feel like, I don't know if it's bad to say, but like, I feel like they don't even realise it. They don't actually realise how mad he is about it. Like, uh, Marcus, I don't know if you saw our last interview, but like, we had Dylan on the show and like, you know, Connor invited him over into camp and then he was like, oh, you were over in Albafera and you had a fight there last week and he used to be the kickboxing. Like, he knew all about him. He leaves yeah. no stones unturned. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I think that Connor, Connor, look, I want to give Dustin, I want to give him two rounds, but I, I just can't. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Dustin Poirier as well. Everything mm. he's done, I'm a massive fan of any 
uh, like any athlete or especially in the mixed martial arts and boxing that steps into the squared circle or the octagon and puts it all out there you have to you, you can mm-hmm. do nothing but commend them that's why i love covering the sport i love having them on telling their stories getting the inside action really but like lads i know we all are after putting our uh, mystic mac hats on here now for we all think that connor's going to win but like what's more interesting is to see is to predict the future so like what, what do you sort of see happening in the summer obviously if we all predict a first or second round knockout for connor there there will be potential for a quick turnaround to be on the international fight week that is looking to be scheduled between like francis ganu or steepy of or if we don't fix that to put john jones in there in the heavyweight uh, week so what mm-hmm. if we're looking into the future what do you sort of think connor or who Connor could take on next. Uh, Marcus, we'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I think the perfect fight uh, to make, would it's got to be Khabib. Yeah. Okay. It just it just has to be. Nothing else really makes... Uh, like, like, literally, all those 155ers that you just mentioned before, I mean, they're just going to be the same result. They're just not in the same class. I think for any kind of challenge or for any kind of um, uh, redemption... It, it just has to be, it has to be Khabib. It just, it just has to be Khabib. And then obviously there's, look, there's the Nate Diaz three, if that wants to, to come about. I mean, there's, there's him jumping in and fighting Manny Pacquiao. There's all those things. But I think out of every, every, if I could pick one card, it'd have to be Khabib and Connor too. All right. Um, okay. All right. Hold on. You, I thought you were going to keep going and pick, make other picks. So I was like, all right, shit, who am I going to pick? So Ross, you can go second. <laughs> so you, can't, you can't pick Khabib. Yeah. I can't pick Khabib. No. To make it interesting. Um, right, well, um, to make things interesting, I think, what about if you can't get, if you can't catch the eagle, what if you go and catch the next best thing? The 170-pound 70, 70 champion, yeah. Kamara yeah. Usman. Yeah. Why not yeah. try and become the triple champ? Not this Henry Cejudo triple C, the real triple champ, the three-way yeah. class champion. He's the only yeah. person to hold, have a finish in three different weight classes in the yeah. UFC. Why not make himself the first and only person to ever yeah. have three belts yeah. in three yeah. different weight classes. Absolutely. And if you and if you remember back a few years ago, Connor actually said, fuck it, maybe I'll go up and get the third belt as well. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll do the 145, I'll do the 155, maybe I'll go up and get the 170 as well. And that is not unobtainable for a man like Connor McGregor. I, I think he was actually upset that he didn't go up and fight Woodley at the time. Remember that? Yeah. Because they had yeah. they had they had a face off at I think it was actually 178. It actually was UFC 178. They had a bit of a face-off after the weigh-ins. And yeah. Conor McGregor said to him, you can get a two-board. Yeah, I remember that. It was backstage. Uh, I think it was backstage at one of the weigh-ins or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So UFC 217? No. No, G- 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 no, it was 178, I think. Uh, no, it was not the one where... Uh, maybe it was 205. They fought, they fought in the garden. I think 205. it was 205. 205 it was yeah. when Wonderboy and Woodley were fighting each other in the background as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, just, Ross, you, you touched on something there very interesting. Kamari Usman, there, he is the least talked about champion in the UFC, arguably. Well, we just say for, for, for argument's sake, he is, right? There's been no talk of who Usman is taking on next. Like, he was meant to fight Gilbert Burns. He was obviously meant to fight the winner, Kazmat or Leon Edwards. Uh, there's no talk of a Master Dial rematch because the Covington stuff. Maybe Connor and Usman is something that they could potentially match up in the future in the summer. Because Usman yes. needs that payday. <clears throat> well, I think maybe once Connor um, mows through Khabib in this second fight, when it happens, I think the only <clears throat> other option for him, unless any other new standouts come in, would be to go up to 170 and, and, and fight for that belt. 
I do think the Masvidal fight would have been an option if he didn't lose to Usman. I think that that would have been a big option. Mm. But now, like, ever since he lost, you know, the BMF belt is almost gone into, you know, mm. it's disappeared. It doesn't count once you lose. There's a funny story about Masvidal, actually. He was at one of the casinos here in Las Vegas, and I was in my full Connor garb. And I kind of strutted up to him in the casino and was immediately surrounded by all of his boys. They, they, they thought I was the man for a second. And once they realized that I wasn't Connor, they kind of eased up a little bit. But yeah, they all kind of flexed up when they, when they saw me approaching Masvidal dressed as Connor. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, he, he, he doesn't seem like someone that you can have too much of a laugh with. You know? I mean, he, he sort of has to almost like welcome you into a circle and then go, okay, it's okay. We all see yeah. that three piece on the soda. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lads, I'll go, I'll go if there is a potential matchup with Connor in the summer. I think I'm gonna go with Justin Gaethje. I feel him he'll fight Oliviera, beat Oliviera, and then then if Khabib vacates the title, he'll fight Gaethje, Connor versus Gaethje for the title in the summer. That's the only thing I can really predict. The Nate Diaz thing doesn't really get people's tails. Not away. anymore. Do you think that ship ship sailed now? Thought, it could happen in the future. But like Connor would probably be like, Joe, I'd rather fight Jay Paul for fifty million rather than Nate Diaz for eight. Yeah. Well, let's talk future, about that. Future, future. For, let's talk about let's talk about that for a second. Now, what's the deal with that? Do you guys agree with these? Uh, um, with these kind of fights, with with uh, celebrities fighting professional boxers, you've got Logan Paul fighting Floyd Mayweather. Have you seen the size difference between those two? Like, how would they? How could that even be allowed? Have to uh, happen? I think it's allowed because it's not a professional fight. It's an exhibition. it's an exhibition. It's an exhibition. Yeah. yeah. So uh, look, I, I don't even. I feel like Floyd Mayweather is going to want to finish him because um, because it's an exhibition, it won't go on the records and there won't be a result. But like, if he doesn't actually finish Logan Paul it would be declared a draw. And then people always tell Floyd Mayweather he has a draw on his record against a YouTuber. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then in terms of Jake Paul, like, I do have quite a lot of respect for his hustle and like his ability to get his name mentioned time after time. But like, I do feel like going after Conor McGregor's misses, that's not a man you want to be saying that to. I don't think, I think there is lines to cross. If you're having beef with another YouTuber, I feel like, all's fair and no more but when you're trying to call out one of the baddest men on the planet and like you're insulting his missus that doesn't sit well with me um it just drops the class level of it a little mm-hmm. bit i suppose but you got to remember he's jake paul's young and he's and, and and he's he's probably doing the smartest thing that he could do yeah i mean mm-hmm. as disrespectful and as dickish and as cringeworthy as it sounds he's fucking smart man He's calling out the biggest name in the business, and that's what you do. You go for the big names, and then everything else comes after that. Yeah, well, his brother just got the fight with Mayweather, as he said. So he was like, right, how do I beat Mayweather? Yeah. Conor McGregor. Yep. That's the only thing that came into his head. Is either, either that or calling out Drake. <laughs> <laughs> does Drake fight, does he? I, I, do you know what? He, uh, no, I, I heard or saw he hits pads with uh, Kevin Hart's um, training uh, trainer. But uh, who knows what could happen in the future? But this is only the beginning of like everything. And supposedly Ben Askren might be stepping in to fight Jake Paul, but that's gone quiet. Yeah, Jake Paul's also asked uh, Michael Bisping to fight him as well. So like loads of shit's going to go down. I, like, this I, I think that would be a terrible idea if he fought Bisping. I don't think that would end too well for him. Yeah, Bisping yeah. said he'd take yeah. it if he, if he accepted the money, uh, if the money was right. But like who knows? Just look, like everything happens every day. Even like now Chandler's fighting uh, Hooker as well. Two mm. lads we have yeah. in the theater. You know, there's a question yeah, for you, just- lads. Uh, UFC 257 week before the fight Dustin Poirier pulls out who do you want to see step in Chandler 
or Holker? Ooh, good question. I'd have to say Chandler being this fact that he's kind of new, new to the UFC, new to someone that is just trying to make a little bit of a name for themselves. Um, and I think that uh, him going up against, Con- uh, yeah, I think that'd probably be the best, the, the best out of the two. I think I, 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 I don't know which is the best, but I agree with Marcus's point that like Dana might be like, right, we'll get Chandler in there. Connor will knock him out and then it'll like show how, how ahead of the game UFC is compared to Bellator. The way you try to do yeah. it with Robbie Lawler and Ben Askren, but that went a bit pear-shaped. Mm. Yeah, lads. Well, like, Marcus, like, obviously all the MMA action, especially UFC, is back next week with uh, Calvin Catter taking on Max Holloway. Like, how Boy, excited mate. you're Ross's mate. Ross actually gave him a tour around Jameson in Dublin. But, uh, Marcus, <laughs> like, like, how excited are you for this year, knowing that, like, we just got came off foil on Knowing like Connor's back, that, that changes everyone's views and counts and likes and engagements and everything. Like, yeah, how excited are you? yeah. I, I don't, I don't even, I didn't even celebrate Christmas on the twenty fifth. I'm celebrating it on the twenty third of January because <laughs> I know, I know, I know that like, like, listen, guys, you, you guys are the same as me. Yeah, we we love Connor and we're you know we're Irish and Connor's our guy and we love Connor, but we love mixed martial arts. We love it when there's big fights on, but for some reason. For some, and this is why this guy is so popular, when Conor McGregor is fighting, you get that different feeling, that different excitement, the atmosphere different. The fans start coming out left, right, and center. The promos start coming out. Then all of a sudden, that sets off the year for a good, great year of, of, of entertainment in, in the world of mixed martial arts. Starting the year off with a big Conor McGregor fight, man, I'm so excited. I'm pumped. Why wouldn't I be? He's actually the only, he's the only fighter I get nervous for. Like, yeah, you know what? The thing that I, I hate that when you become emotionally invested in a fighter and your hands sweat and you're standing up and you're pacing and you have butterflies, does that ruin the experience a little bit or does it enhance it for you? Because my anxiety is through the roof. You know what? Probably when you're watching it, it like ruins a bit. But then when he wins, it makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the best way. But he's the only person I get nervous for because, like, I feel like so much is riding on when he's fighting. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, like he better win. Do you think the Irish pride and because you're Irish that you feel that that's a big responsibility carried on Connor's shoulders as well? Like he's fighting for all the Irish. He, he's putting all of you guys on the map. Well, like, it's, it's changed over the years, Ross. Mm. Like everyone, like at the beginning, like it was like a massive wave, and then it went down a bit, and then and then they all hated bit. him, and then they and, loved him, and then they hated him. Yeah. Yeah, well, like everyone's gonna be watching no matter what, like yeah. on twenty third. Like it's just it, it is what it is, you know. Everyone's watching. Yeah. Like my mom would never watch a fight in her entire life, but she might watch Katie Taylor or something like that, just because she's a girl. And everyone in Ireland loves Katie Taylor, um. But like, you can guarantee the week of the fight, my dad will ask me three or four times is he gonna win it. My mom will ask me once or twice, and they won't ask me any other fight throughout the rest of the year what's gonna happen. But when he fights, yeah. like, what's the story? If you're having, you, you having proper 12 in your cereal, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because all the fans message me and say, Hey, how, how's this going to happen? It's like, Mate, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's going to happen how it always happens. But I, I, around this time of the year is when my DM box gets blown up right now. Mm. But it's fun. It's fun. And I love interacting with all the Connor fans. I always try to message them back if I can. I always try to say good day or whatever. And, you know, I've done a couple of little personal videos for people mm. in the past but the the uh, i just love the the camaraderie and the combination of when all the connor fans come together when there's a connor fight it's just it's just really endearing i love yeah. it it's like a super bowl 
Yeah, and then everyone becomes an expert yeah. that week as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, right, well, Ross, like, like obviously we're after like covering everything. Is there is there anything else you really want to cover before we uh, wrap things up? No, I, I just want to say again, like thanks again to everyone who supported us in um 2020. Uh, thanks to Minion and Marcus for coming on the show today. We've been following each other for such a long time, and uh, it's great to have the the prince of proper twelve in the building. <laughs> Yeah, next time we have to do this in Vegas as well. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, guys, thanks very much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. It's actually, uh, I haven't been a guest on the, on a podcast for a while, so it's it's kind of good being on the other side of it. Uh, so I do really appreciate it. No and uh, moving forward, let's look forward to a great year of uh, sports. Let's let's look forward to a great year of um, getting back to normality and, 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 and living our best lives and just treating everyone with kindness and positivity and just release the hate from your body and just, just embrace this gift that we've been given called life because it only lasts for about fucking 85 or 90 years and then you're gone. So just embrace every single minute of it like yeah, I have done for this last fucking 60 minutes with you guys. So I do really, really appreciate you both. And if you drink whiskey twice a week, you make it to 100 Fact. Twice a week, twice <laughs> in the morning, and then twice at night, my fucking friend. Yeah. <laughs> You'll make it to 200 then. Right. Okay. Okay. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, share, subscribe, follow Marcus as well. And as always, stay, stay energized. energized.